Hello and welcome to our expert podcast series from 10 to 2, the Flexible Recruitment and Services Company. My name is John O'Sullivan and today we welcome Francis Lake, founder of people advisory company Green Juniper. Welcome, Francis. Thanks, John. Good to be here. Nice to have you here with us. Um, now, you've recently moved on from Virgin Money to set up Green Juniper. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your time at Virgin, which is, of course, where we first met? And what inspired you to branch out and set up a new business? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was at um, Virgin Money for about six years, including a period with um, CYBG before, and which where we acquired uh, Virgin Money and then rebranded to it. Um, and in that time, what we were really setting out to do was create a, a really progressive people deal, examining lots of sort of corporate rituals like performance management or the way we recruit or the way we engage and really looking at whether they actually worked and designing things that are fit for purpose now and you know as 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 you know the the kind of performance approach went after was quite quite big change and and so what we were trying to do there was just really create a, a a workplace and a working experience that was really powerful um, and that got people enjoying work and working at their best. And and the other kind of really critical thing in that was being part of the Virgin, um, a, a Virgin branded company. What we sort of talk about is the Virgin family is is mm. phenomenal. Um, these Virgin companies are largely independent from each other, yeah. um, but but connected by the brand. And because the Virgin brand is so experiential, then being able to pull on that experience into so into a space like financial services is is fantastic and that makes for a great a great colleague experience and encouraging people to think more to to make the most of it and, and to enjoy themselves more really um and yeah what made you branch out francis into doing Gosh. your own thing yes yeah, so there's probably i mean a few drivers there was um one was uh, our youngest left school, um, and so very much at a kind of life crossroads, if you like. Um, the other thing was we'd done so much progressive work. And so over time, I think I must have spoken to 60 or 70 different companies about our performance approach and over at least two who basically replicated it. Um, our approach to sort of future of work had been profiled in a Gartner case studies in Harvard Business Review. So we knew, or I knew the work that I'd been shaping was really progressive. And, and, what, and there was a chance to do that work for more people, I guess. And, and then the last thing was, I think the, the whole COVID thing and looking at future of work and ways of working really got me thinking about my life, my working balance and so on. Um, and and whether whether carrying on in a sort of corporate role, you know, felt sustainable for me as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, three big drivers, I guess. Okay, so um, so I was obviously a witness to some of the things you did at Virgin. Uh, so what feeds that? What's been your philosophy and your approach to culture and people development? Yeah, sure. So so I mean, I think at its heart, I think we employ people who are fully formed, fully functioning adults who are trying to do the right thing um, and are trustworthy and well-intentioned. Um, and I think if you start from that premise of making things feel human and trusting people, 
and assuming they want to do the right thing. And if they don't do the right thing, it's probably because they've they, they've just been pointed in the wrong direction. That that can kind of drive so so much. Um, and it allows you to give people much more responsibility. It allows people to be more autonomous and so on. Um, I see so many companies with values like, you know, empowerment or trust and then processes that don't reflect it. So that's the second bit, really. I think the system has to reflect the way you feel about people. Um, so whether it's who you hire, uh, approaches to promotion and performance management is probably the single greatest one um, and, and development. The, the system needs to reinforce that you trust people, that you treat them as adults, that you want them to act responsibility and you want them to kind of enjoy work. And then the third thing is you, you can kind of have those two beliefs and then you've got to implement stuff. So whenever it comes to a change, I always I talk about share of brain. And I think generally people have got a lot going on in their brain. So the amount of time they can pay attention to any particular change is tiny. So if you can make it more connected with other changes, that helps. And if you can make it really simple and really memorable, that that helps an awful lot. Um, so, so an example of that would be don't getting away from sort of heavy corporate ambiguous language and just being really simple. Um, so one of the things we would say would be when we talked about feedback, we'd say um, if you don't give feedback, you're not helping. And if you don't give feed, get feedback, you're not learning rather than this whole great big three pages of explanation. You know, it's, mm. it was calling on that kind of connectivity. So um, make sure the thing is simple to understand. You're thinking about the share of brain, getting in line with positive psychology and then using some of the neuroscience, things like um, creating intrinsic motivation, creating psychological safety. And then the last thing I would always do is effectively for any intervention, test it to destruction. Whoever's the author or the producer of it is invested in it and it follows their logic but people who don't understand it will do things differently. So really thinking about if that's sent out and you knew nothing about it, what what would people do? Um, and if you can test that with real people, brilliant. And, and at very least kind of really challenging yourself on the kind of design and the way things are going to work. Because um, I think with that, you can guard against things going in the wrong direction so much. It's interesting, Francis, you talk about testing things to destruction and what we were going to spend some time on today was really thinking about hybrid working, you know, how it's come about, where we think it's going. And of course, when hybrid working first came about, when we all had to go home, yeah. uh, when the pandemic hit, of course, we had no time to test anything to destruction. Mm. Everyone just had to up sticks, get home, get online, start working again. And um, now I know uh, you took a sort of slightly different approach of moving to hybrid at Virgin. What's, what drove that thinking and, and what did it look like? Yeah, sure. So we um, and we called our approach a life more virgin, um, which I guess is one of those kind of, you know, virgin brand, you kind of feed through everything. And and, and even in that, the idea was um, because it was about life, not just work and trying to capture that more wherever you're starting from. It's a little bit more virgin, a little bit more experiential, a little bit more fun. We started the work in probably April don't get the year right 2020 so almost yeah. as soon as we'd got sent home kind of thing and what we were quite quickly looking at was things like we were seeing things where 
language like it's a two-tier workforce there are people who can who can work freely and there are people who aren't yeah. allowed to work freely and i've seen people who've said rather than create two-tier workforce no one gets flexibility so it's which seems uh seems kind of perverse to me then we're also seeing things where as you say we all kind of went home and we all started working out our own ways of doing things mm. and there wasn't really that kind of bringing things together and kind of collective learning so we'd see lots of people doing things like you know they'd go for a walk in the in, in the day which is great the problem was if you have people going for walks at all the different times when do you actually have a, a you know gather people together and, and and those kind of things so where we got to was an approach where we we started with five really simple personas which were basically is where you work and when you work fixed um, so we had colleagues who work in bank branches they need to be in that branch when the branch is open now that's always been the case you know covid didn't didn't make that happen and then there were other roles where potentially when the work needs to be covered. So maybe, you know, some of the contact centre roles where you start to get more, more optionality about location. Yeah. But it's yeah. driven by custom demand through to ones where there's huge flexibility. And the whole idea of that was really just giving that starting point for people, you know, just making it really explicit that we don't start from the same place. So the second thing we went to is what we call team rhythms. And what we'd say for any team what is the rhythm of your work so if you if you want a team meeting at tuesday at 10 a.m everybody needs to be online at tuesday at 10 a.m maybe once a month you have an away day or um maybe every six months there's a volunteering day but trying to put down as, as far as possible what are the fixed points and the rationale for that was that if, if people have fixed points, you can plan around them. So whether that is planning for the nursery or someone to look after mm. the dog or buy, mm. whether, whether you could buy a season ticket or not, you, you know, all of those things. So those two things effectively gave you what does the company need and then what does the team need? And then it got into the individual side. And here we looked at two things as well. So one was what we called stage. So where are the things that either by your stage of your career or your employment with us or your life stage? Where are the things that you need now but might change? So if you're new to a company, you probably need more time, build relationships and so on. Um, you know, if you're, if you're kind of old and miserable like me, you don't want to make any more friends. So, so, you, do, so you need less contact time. But it could be, you know, the needs of a, a, a parent with a baby is different to someone whose child's going to school or someone whose child's a teenager. So stage was something that encouraged people to think about what you need now, but open the door to that flexibility and, and adapting. And then the last bit was about you. So what do you need or what is important to you, which could be, you know, going for a walk. It could be Friday prayers. It could be anything. So those four in combination, we created this sort of feel that there are certain things that we need of you. And then as an individual, there's lots of things where you can work out how you work best, but you've got a responsibility to the team. Mm. So it, it just pushed, it went back to that kind of the adult-adult relationships, trusting people to do the right thing, and then getting them to kind of shape the work, um, shape work in a way that they would be most productive. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty different.
how do you feel the team responded when that was implemented? You know, if you started designing that quite early in the process, you know, April, I think many people were still scrabbling. So, you know, once you'd sort of been able to embed some of that, how did you feel the team responded? Yeah, so we we went through what we called a series of test and learn. So we went through sort of business area by business area. We started with, so we started with the HR function because it was kind of easiest for us to mobilize. That was in March 21, I guess it would be. And in each case, what we were trying to do with every area was take them through an exercise of work things out, put them in place and then go to another area. So I think some of the things we found were in a lot of areas, they could kind of get their heads around it, get going and really make sense of it. Some people would then struggle to turn it into what they were actually doing in, say, their management practices. So, you know, if you agree you're having a team meeting at Tuesday at 10 a.m., maybe you want to diarise that, you know, and someone did sort of almost treat it like an academic exercise. And we had some resistance from areas who almost like had a very economic view of productivity, like, you know, if I've got 50 people, I want 50 people working 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And, and kind of that's it. So the, the finance, there's quite a funny story where our, our finance director was saying things, you know, he didn't really buy into it. And, and, and we'd done some work looking at four day week and he was adamant that could never work. And then it turned out his one, one of the rather large teams in his area had been running a four day week for kind of six months. So, so you know, there's these this sort of rollout approach gave us lots of proof points as we went mm-hmm. along. But what we also found was that need to share and encourage people to be more creative. So we had we had one set of bank branches we worked with who were, who struggled a bit. Yeah. And, and we're kind of going, well, our time's all fixed. But then we had another set who were really creative. And it's one of the one of the greatest examples I really like was there was one colleague who um he was separated from his wife children um lived with his his ex-wife in a different town to where he worked in a branch he would see them on a weekend but it would mean at the end of the working day driving something like two hours and then he could pick them up and what they were able to work out was that if on a friday he could work from the closest branch to where his kids lived he could do the long journey in the morning pick them up for about about two hours earlier and so that was one of these things where thinking through the approach made the person's life better. Um, and it also, you'd then got this exchange of staff, exchange of ideas between two branches that was happening on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So that there were those little, those are the things we looked for and looked to, to amplify, really. Because I, I think early on, people are so, I'm so wedded to the way we've always done things. It was hard for them to stretch their imagination far enough. Um, and that was one of the big things we had to encourage. So, Francis, if we fast forward to where we are now and, you know, hybrid working has become, you know, pretty much, a well, sort of a norm in, you know, in, in business. And you, you hear of so many organisations where 3-2 is now become this sort of acceptable working format, three days in the office, two at home, for what people think are the organisation, the employees. Now, what do you feel about that? And do you think that, you know, we're we're too early to settle into this? You know, what's your observations on this area right now as we stand? Yeah, gosh, John, and and 
I think you know you know some of my views on this. So if, if I get too ranty, you'll have to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, I kind of think this the three two model is so arbitrary. It's it's there's no th- thought there really about what makes work effective. There's there's maybe a sort of loose assumption that some people like to be at home, and some people don't. So we'll do half and half. Um, and there's some benefit in connection and some benefit in working on your own. So we'll do half and half. But I think the 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 thing that sort of strikes me is firstly, you know, the, the least efficient time to travel is rush hour. Um, yeah. And so immediately you're making people less productive by making them travel in rush hour. So it's sort of a full day model impacts that. So I kind of think it's a bit like an ill-fitting suit. You need to think more about what's the work and how are you going to deliver the work effectively rather than going for that. Um, and I'm sure you've seen, I think it was, uh, to, was it towards the end of the year? And Microsoft had released some research they had done which showed that a huge proportion of colleagues feel they could be more productive at home. But, but roughly the same proportion of managers didn't believe that people were being as productive as home. So kind of right back to that point of trust, there's a, mm. there's a sort of trust deficit. And and particularly when all of those people had to work at home five days a week for months and months on end, um, and, and companies were quite happy with that, to then say, you we don't trust you to carry on like that, you need to operate in this way. Um, I think it you know, diminishes trust it diminishes a sense of autonomy and so on. So I think there's um I think there's some some really big kind of pieces in there. But there are things where I can really understand some of the concerns that companies have. So things like how do we onboard new people? How do we sustain relationships of and culture? Um and in those two spaces, I think I just think there's work to be done in a bit of creative thinking um so if, if i give one of the one of the examples i hear lots of places who who have said in order for for junior staff to learn from senior staff mm. they need to be in the office so we want people in three days a week um, but they can be in any three days so that immediately means that in order for them to learn from senior staff the senior staff have to be there five days a week in order to be available whenever folks want and I can there's a really simple fix there. If you took three or four teams and you say over the course of the week you will have access to one of these four managers, then you can immediately kind of adjust it. So if you're working at home, you can access these managers for help. If you're working in the office, you can access these. Mm. So, so you're immediately able to just manage those those kind of things more. And, and then there are companies who've done a great job at onboarding people uh, virtually. And during, during COVID, my, my, my daughter had a job with H&M where the only time she ever went into one of their premises was to hand her laptop back. Mm. But they they did a great job of So simple things like she got a branded coffee cup and a branded water bottle. So all the time she saw their brand. They were sat in front of her. They were using the consumer website to help them understand the products. They created WhatsApp groups to build kind of teams. So they did this really nice job at at kind of looking at what have we got and how do we use that? So I think there's a need for a lot more 
creative thinking about how we organize and how we do things. Great. And many of our clients are SMEs, um, you know, anything from four or five employees up to, you know, three or four hundred. Do you think there's any differences there in terms of how companies of that size needs to sort of manage working practice now compared to their their larger cousins? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. I think, yeah, I, th- I think very often there's almost this assumption that bigger companies have got more resources, so have worked it out. But I think they, that kind of size of the SMEs have, have got much more flexibility of choice and the, and the opportunity to make things much more personal. Yeah. Um, so, so for example, I guess if you if you're fortunate, then there's the potential to say, God, you know, let's say once a month, everybody needs to be in the office, and we're going to spend the day going through where are we on corporate plan, corporate goal, where's our, where are we on our objectives? You know, get everybody aligned, because okay, you can shout across a room when there's that number of people, which you you couldn't, you know, it's kind of six thousand sort of thing. So so and there's the opportunity to design work much more and get it you know really look at top to bottom in the organization mm. how can we make all these things work and how can we make all the parts interact so so i think there's a big opportunity for smes to really go after their productivity and, and i would urge them to not try and copy big companies because because they build a load of bureaucracy and waste into it yeah, I mean, I mean, we've we've loved seeing uh, SMEs be so innovative in what they're doing, and we did um, a survey amongst some of our clients a couple of months ago, just talking about, you know, in this environment, how do they like recruit, how do they in, induct, and how do they settle sort of flexible employees? And we saw some wonderfully inspiring things from them. So it's really excellent that we're seeing that coming through. And um, Francis, a few minutes ago. Uh, you talked about you know what you had been doing at Virgin, and one of the things you talked about was team rhythms, which I think is really exciting. And when we compare that to three days in the office, two days at home, and then you morph that into understanding the rhythms of a team and how that might work, where do you see hybrid work going? Like, what does the next twelve months or eighteen months look like for you? Yeah, I think it's a great question, John. And actually, it's a bit, there's something that you said to me a few weeks ago that I've really been, it's really got me thinking around, the, like lots of people have settled on a, on the kind of three and two, and now are finding all the things that people don't like about it. You know, whether they're getting around to just an annual appraisals and people will voice their views or they're doing the surveys and people voice their views. So lots of points where they're seeing the kind of dissatisfaction. So I'm, so. The, I'm hopeful that we get lots of companies like look taking a, a longer and deeper look at how do we go after productivity. Um, uh, just today, actually, I had a CIPD thing this morning, and they showed a graph a graph of kind of UK productivity and, and UK productivity growth, and it is anemic. Um, and and I think we've always kind of gone after it in this sort of almost like economic view. Have we got enough people? You, you, you know, it's kind of like, 
income divided by people and that's it. We're actually, I think, looking at can you get the working day more productive? Can you get more motivated, more more aligned people? I think there's a massive prize there. So I really hope we see people kind of connecting where and when we work with how we support well people to be well, both mentally and physically and emotionally. Yeah, and use that those two are then going to allow you to get far greater performance so that's where i really hope it goes um and i think you know what i'm encouraged by as well is seeing more people look at like notice that the role of the manager is more critical than ever and certainly one of the Gartner sort of themes for 23, there's a lot emerging about manager kind of skills and productivity, which I, I think is one of the most fundamental things. Um, I always think there's this crazy thing of the, we all know that managers are utterly essential. And yet you can ask pretty much any, you know, any any senior leader, what are your managers like? And the answer is always something along the lines of they're a mixed bag. And it just resigns. Right? <laughs> um, so actually kind of going after management quality in order to enable those other things, that, that's where I really hope we see a lot more in this year. Excellent. Uh, that was excellent, Francis. I could talk about this all day with you. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, it's such a fascinating topic. And maybe at some point um, in a few months, we might return to it. And in fact, we should probably come back in the year's time and say, have we seen any change? So, but for now, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today and um, and just giving us a benefit of your experience and very best of luck with Green Juniper. Brilliant. Thanks so much, John. And it's, it, it, yeah, it's been, like you say, could talk about this stuff for hours and it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, this has been an expert podcast from 10 to 2 the flexible recruitment and services business.